disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 49 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, thank you guys for joining me once again this week as we get further and further into this new arc. I think it's kind of being called the Future Trunks arc or the Goku Black Saga, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I call it awesome because so far it's been that uh, and it seems to be continuing to go in that direction. So I'm really excited about it. Um, once again, as always, I hosted two other podcasts. One of those was called Geekly Dose. We talked about everything geek. It was also Republic City Report, a Legend of Korra podcast. So make sure you check those out. If you want to get a little bit more out of this whole thing, uh, they're a little bit older now, but they can be new to you if you haven't heard them yet. So make sure you check them out. As always, feel free to head over to iTunes and leave me a review. Uh, it's been a while since I've gotten one. I don't have any new ones for this week. So by all means, don't hesitate. If you're enjoying the show, if you're coming back, you find yourself coming back week to week, listening and nodding along and maybe even shaking your head every now and then. You don't have to agree with everything <laughs> as long as you you're enjoying yourself. Uh, leave me a review head over to iTunes leave me a review there it takes about five minutes or so uh, so I don't have any of those to read for this week I do want to talk a little bit about episode 50 obviously this is episode 49 uh, I, I tend to try to do special things for every 25 episodes of my podcast which hell honestly this may be the only podcast that I've had so far that's reached episode 50 I could be wrong don't quote me on that Geekly Dose may have lasted at least 50 episodes I'm not sure um, but you know, if, if you're listening, you know, in episode 25, I did a special thing where I had a, uh, my old friend, Steven Nocentelli came along, uh, co-hosted. I did a review. We did a review of uh, Spider-Man. Um, I don't think I will have enough time to do anything as special as I probably would have done otherwise for episode 50. Uh, I'm going to be out of town <laughs> for an entire week. Uh, I will come back. Uh, probably the next Friday. So, you know, and then the episode will be on Saturday. And then, and obviously I usually try to get the podcast up on Sunday. So it just doesn't give me a lot of time to try to pull off anything special. So at the very least, what I would like to do is kind of do what I did for the Christmas bonus episode and just kind of open it up to you guys. If you have any requests of anything you would like me to talk about, then let me know. Uh, it's really that simple. You can head over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Obviously, you can send me an email, rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com. Just let me know if there's something in particular you want me to talk about. It can be related to Dragon Ball or not. Just sort of anything is up for grabs up in the air. If it's something that I've seen or if it's something that I watch or something I have any knowledge of, I will talk about it for you. So just let me know what that is. I'm sorry I can't really do more. That seems like the best thing that I can do with the limited amount of time I will have for episode 50. Uh, but I definitely want to thank everybody for sticking with me for this long. Uh, I hope you guys have been having a great time. So don't forget and make sure you tell me uh, what you want me to talk about. Now, while you're writing that, you might as well go ahead and send in an email for our segment called What Are You Saying? Which is, of course, why I take your emails, comments and questions and etc. Read it on the podcast talk about it for a little bit and hopefully get you an answer that is somewhat satisfactory for you so with that being said we're going to go ahead and start off and we're going to switch into that segment right now uh, i have an email here from ben ben thanks a lot for writing in uh, i believe you say here that this is your first time so i'm going to go ahead and read your email now it says hey tim 
I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, but this is my first time writing in. I'm super excited for this arc, and even though Trunks isn't my favorite character, I'm hoping for some great moments between him and Vegeta, who is my favorite. Goku Black seemed really fan fiction-y to me in concept, but what we've seen so far is really intriguing. Do you think that if Black can go Super Saiyan, Sean Shimmel will go even deeper with the voice? The fan theory I like the most is that Black is actually grown-up Goten from Trunks' timeline, as Goten is another one of my favorites. How much credence do you give to those kinds of theories? Keep up the awesome work. Rock the Dragon is my favorite Dragon Ball podcast, and it makes my train ride to uni a hell of a lot better every week. Thanks, man, and I'll hear you next week. Ben. Ben, first of all, thank you so much for listening. Uh, always, always, always a pleasure to hear from brand new listeners. Of course, I love my regular listeners, and you guys keep writing in. <laughs> but it's always nice to know, you know, when I, when I get a new one from someone that I haven't talked to before, it shows me that the podcast is making an impact. It's actually making people's days and weeks better. So it's always, always, always nice to hear that. Ben, I'd like to invite you to leave me a review on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. Um, tell me where you're from also because you said you take a train ride to uni i'm not sure exactly what that is <laughs> or where that is but it just sounds like you may not be in north america so if you're not uh you wouldn't mind let me know where you are that'd be great and your eyes which mean and if you are that means your itunes settings will probably be different and i won't be able to see your review in my itunes but if you want to leave one in yours and um, just screenshot it and send it to me or something like that i can still read it so first of all thanks so much for that uh so let's see um so you're super excited for the arc that's good trunks isn't your favorite character that's fine um so you think goku black seemed really fan fictiony right um i i guess i could see why you'd say that um although i just i feel like i don't know enough about him at this point to be able to kind of say you know i i agree or or disagree with that um I mean, I, I, I get it. It, it does kind of seem like something that a fan would have been like, well, what if they fought an evil version of Goku? <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's something I feel like fans probably have been saying for a long time, which is probably why they're doing it, which would make it a fan fictiony sort of thing. Um, but I'm interested to see how it turns out, you know, because it may it could, it could end up being much more deeper and more intriguing than that. And if it is, that'd be great. Um and I would, th I don't know, right? Well, let's see. Will Sean Shimmel do the voice any differently if Goku Black can go Super Saiyan? Well, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this, right? And if it is, I'm sorry. And you can just pause it or fast forward 15, 20 seconds. But we know that Goku Black does have another form where his hair changes, right? Because, I mean, if you've seen any, if you've played any, if you've played Xenoverse, if you've played, uh, hell, even Dragon Ball Fighters has Goku Black on it now. You know that his hair is not always black. He does have a form where it stands up like a Super Saiyan, but it's like a purplish sort of color, I think. Um, so I don't know exactly what that means in terms of his power. So we, I guess we can just kind of assume that that's Super Saiyan Goku Black, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what the voice will be like. Uh, one thing that's interesting about Dragon Ball Fighters, speaking of that, is that uh, Sean Shimmel doesn't even do the voice of Goku Black on that game because I think by the time they had to uh, get in there and decide um, what voice they were going to use for the video game version they had not decided how Goku Black was going to sound in the anime yet in the English dub of the anime so if you 
listen to that, the video game version, it sounds completely weird <laughs> and completely different. He's almost really uh, proper when he talks. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to see what Sean Schimmel does with that voice, if anything. I mean, I don't even think it's necessary because if you if you look at it in the same way that you look at uh, regular Goku becoming Super Saiyan Goku, his his voice doesn't change that much. It's not until he gets to like level three that it starts to kind of go deeper and change. So with that logic, uh, it may not even happen. It may just sound the exact same way that he does now. And I'm actually okay with that. Okay, now as for this theory, and and, and uh, you say this is the fan theory you like the most, so I didn't realize that this was actually sort of a... <laughs> A, uh, a thing that was going around with people, but apparently there's a theory that Goku Black is a grown-up Goten. Um, and how much how much credence do I give to those kinds of theories? Well, I mean, there's one there's one big problem with that theory here, and, and, and obviously, I've said this many times in the past, that I don't remember everything, <laughs> okay? So, like, if I, if I am just misremembering something, then I'm sure one of you guys will let me know. Uh, but I'm just a fan like everybody else, so sometimes I just go directly from memory. It's not always right, but uh, I'm pretty sure. So my big, my biggest problem with that theory is that uh, Goten does not exist in Future Trunks' timeline, unless I'm misremembering something, right? Because Goku would have died. Goku died before Goten was conceived in in Future Trunks' timeline, right? Um, let's see. So. Little Trunks, present day Trunks, is about is a year older than Goten, I believe. So in the original timeline, uh, Goku would have died right before the android showed up from that heart virus, right? And Little Trunks wasn't born until a, a sort of a year after that. Um, now, since Future Trunks came back and they changed everything to defeated the androids, he brought Goku the heart virus medication. Goku lived. And he lived long enough to conceive Goten because Goten would have been conceived somewhere in between Goku recovering from that heart virus and him sacrificing himself against Perfect Cell. So somewhere in there, that's where Goten was conceived. None of that stuff happened in Future Trunks' timeline because Goku was already dead. So with <laughs> as far as that theory, I mean, I... There, there should not be a Goten in Future Trunks' timeline. That, that, should, that would have never happened. Um, now, obviously, this is the Dragon Ball world, so, the, you know, they can always figure out some weird, like, they've retconned things, they've shifted things around. I mean, we talk we talk about it all the time now. For some reason, Future Trunks' hair is blue now for no reason, <laughs> and there's no explanation for it, so it's, it's kind of one of those things that we're like, hey, maybe they just decided to sort of shift something around. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's not a possibility because Goten wouldn't have existed. Now, um, another sort of problem I have with that theory is that, well, then you'd have to explain, well, why is he evil? You know, it, even, let's just say for, for argument's sake, it was Goten. How would he become that powerful? Why would he be evil? Why, you know what I mean? Like there would be just be so many questions to ask there. I think it'd be easier if they just said, hey, no, this is some evil version of Goku. <laughs> you know, I mean... Uh, and I would hope that I really would hope that in now that they're redoing everything, when they decide to make Goten an adult, that they don't make him look exactly like Goku. I mean, at least, you know, I think in GT, they kind of changed his hair up a little bit when he grew up, you know, just because we don't need another carbon copy of Goku. 
<laughs> it's kind of silly that they would look that much alike anyway. So yeah, but I don't I don't think that theory's going to hold any weight just because well, Goten shouldn't exist. Now, I from watching this specific episode, I sort of came up with my own little sort of theory of what Goku Black could possibly be just based on what we've seen so far, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later on after we get into the episode talk because then some of the things that I'm saying will make more sense. But yeah, um, obviously, you know, all of these are just theories, so who knows what's right or wrong, except for the people who watch the Japanese dub, because <laughs> they, they fucking seen it already. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Ben, thanks so much for writing in. Um, I uh, hope to hear from you again, okay? Awesome. I got one more email here that I want to read from Ricky. Ricky, haven't heard from you a while, buddy. Nice to talk to you. Ricky writes, hey, Tim, been listening as always and enjoying the podcast. I wanted to get in my two cents on some old and new topics you have covered. For the recent stuff first, I am so happy that Trunks is back. I have been waiting for this arc in particular for a long time. I do think the choice to change the color of Trunks' hair is a weird one, but I actually like the way Trunks looks more now versus how he did during the Cell Saga, even if the bandana is a little GT-esque. Trunks has always been a favorite character of mine as the Cell Saga was the first Dragon Ball arc I watched. Second, Pilaf and his crew. I don't think this group would bother me so much if their presence didn't completely poke a hole in the Dragon Ball universe. The wish which turns them into children happened in the first episode of Dragon Ball GT, which as, how, as, which as we know takes place after Super, WTF. That being said, I do like the character development between Trunks and Mai. It's a nice change of pace versus the way other characters in the series just end up together with little motivation behind the relationship. And it is a nice touch to see the duality of the future and present relationship at the same time. Okay, now, so um, you do have a, a, an additional pair, uh, a third paragraph here, and I will address that one in a minute. But I figured um, since this second paragraph is kind of its own thing, we'll talk about that and then I'll get to the next one. And we'll talk about that. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> peel off and crew, right? Um, you said that their presence completely pokes a hole in the Dragon Ball universe. Okay, so once again. My memory is not perfect on everything, but I think I think what you're saying here may not be entirely accurate, right? You say that the wish that turns them into children happened in the first episode of Dragon Ball GT. Um, from what I recall, in Dragon Ball GT episode one, they they made a wish to turn Goku into a child, but they didn't. I don't think they became kids themselves. I don't see why that would have. I don't see how that would have helped them in that situation because all they, they were trying to make go. Well, it was, it was an accident, right? <laughs> From what I recall, it was an accident. I think peel off the dragon was out. They were going to make some completely other wish. Goku shows up and peel off is like, I wish you were still a kid. So I could have a chance to beat you or something like that. And then, and then Shen Shenron's like, your wish has been granted. I mean, it was like a mistake. Like he didn't even really do it on purpose. So, I don't recall them wishing themselves in the kids in GT. Um, so I, I'm not exactly sure that that happened. Now, as far as Dragon Ball Z and, and, and them being kids, well, it's tough, right? Because, and I think I talked about this on a recent episode of the podcast, but somewhere in Dragon Ball Z, it is understood that Pilaf wished he, Shu, and Mai to be young again. Uh, I don't think they actually ever showed it, though. They just reference it, right? Um, I believe in Battle of Gods, the movie, there is a scene in there 
where they talk about it. It's like they reference it. They, you know, it's just kind of them saying, well, it was your idea to have us turn into kids again. And yet, like, it's like a quick sort of like couple of lines. And even though Battle of Gods isn't necessarily canon, it kind of is. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they mentioned it in Super or not, but they definitely mentioned it in, in either Battle of Gods or Resurrection F. Um, that's somewhere, it, which has to be in the Boo Saga, basically. Uh, there was a wish that that was made to where they became kids. Now, what's the real reason behind that? Well, obviously, it's probably something to do with the marketing, right? I mean, it was a creative decision by to someone at Toei Animation to to turn those characters into kids again. And it's some it's obviously something that they decided later on, <laughs> and that's why we never saw it. So, and, and it probably just has more to do so with, like I said, we've talked about this many times in terms of Dragon Ball Super being geared more towards kids and wanting to get kids more involved. So they probably said, hey, we can turn these kids, I mean, these characters back into kids. And that's just even more kids we have on the show. Um, so it's probably something like that. And not only that, once again, they wished for Goku to be a kid in GT. So maybe they said, hey, it'll be funny if this time they get turned into kids. So... Um, now I could be wrong once again, Ricky. <laughs> okay. But I'm pretty sure they officially became kids again. It was still Dragon Ball Z. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, I agree. I do like the character development between Trunks and Mai. So that's something that's, that's a good thing that's coming out of this thing with them being kids again, is that we get this future version of Trunks and Mai that we probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. Um, and, 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 and even in the present, we get to see this sort of friendship develop with them. So it kind of helps further, you know, flesh out this future relationship that they, that they would have. So I do like that. Okay. So now for your final paragraph, finally on to the old, this is a call back to the original Goku black conversation between you and Dispo. Now, if you go by the reading of Dragon Ball Zero, which was a manga which explored the backgrounds of Vegeta, Nappa, Raditz, Turles, and Bardock before the destruction of planet Vegeta. Turles is actually the illegitimate love child of Bardock, making Turles Goku's half-brother. Now, I don't think Zero is being treated as canon, but because there are, isn't really any other writing covering those character perspectives, why not? As always, loving the show and keep up the good work. <laughs> okay. So I don't remember exactly what episode it was, but yes, there, there was sort of a, um, a sort of a, a debate between me and uh, my listener, Dispo, who's actually become a, a big fan of the podcast. And we actually talk pretty regularly, uh, well, semi-regularly on Facebook and things like that now. Uh, but yeah, so there was a sort of um, discrepancy, misunderstanding in terms of whether or not Turles was considered to be Goku's brother because, well... Uh, he looked just like him. Obviously, you know, Turles was a character in a movie that I believe was, was called Tree of Might in, in the English dub. Um, and I made a comment at some point about him being his brother. But then I also came back on the next episode to kind of explain why I said that. Go back, go back and listen to those episodes if you want to break all of that stuff down. I just want to sort of uh, address what you're saying here. Uh, Dragon Ball Zero is something I'm not familiar with. Um, if, is that a manga that was officially licensed by... Um, Akira Toriyama and, and everyone who put out the, ma the manga I, I'm not sure uh, even if it was that doesn't necessarily make it canon obviously because they make movies and side stories and stuff like that all the time that aren't considered canon um, I would imagine that Dragon Ball Zero isn't canon just because the simple fact that Turles even exists in that book 
I would think makes it non-canon because he's not canon in the anime. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, we know that that movie Tree of Might does not is not canon to the anime. But this is something else I mentioned before. There's just so much discrepancy between what you're reading, who made it, what language it's in, what dub it is, how it was interpreted by the people that translated it to whatever dub it is. And it's just a lot of room for error in there. And on top of all that, you have the actual creators and writers of Dragon Ball Z who frankly didn't help the situation when they introduced a bunch of plot holes themselves. <laughs> so when you when you combine all of that stuff together, it's very hard to just find a straight answer on some things. Uh, so I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I mean, I see your point here. You're, you're sort of agreeing with me and saying that, you know, there's a there there are some sources out there that refer to Turles as Goku's brother, and but Dispo was also right, you know that there's a lot that say that he's not that he's and, and that he's just he looks the same way because he's all the lower class Saiyans look that way. But either way, I think what's important to take away from this conversation is that I, I think we can all agree that Turles isn't canon. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I think it kind of doesn't matter whether he's his brother or not, because he doesn't even really technically exist. Uh, so, yeah, but I definitely see your point there. So thanks for making that. OK, but Ricky, thanks, as always. Good to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments about any of that or anything else pertaining to Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball GT, even. <laughs> Uh, make sure you send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, I think it is time to transition over into the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast, episode 49, is going to cover episode 49 of Dragon Ball Super, titled A Message from the Future, The Incursion of Goku Black. Uh, this is one of the better titles, I would say. <laughs> this is how I wish every title was of the show, where they just kind of like... You know, you have an idea of what's going to happen, but it's not that spoilerific. Now, it is kind of spoilerific because obviously it kind of tells you that Goku Black is probably going to show up in the present here in this episode. Um, so let's 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 talk about it. If you recall from the previous episode, it left off. Future Trunks had just woken up. He pretty much attacked Goku because obviously he's still disoriented. He's thinking that he's still in the future something along those lines. Um not to mention the last person that he saw that looked like that was literally killed his mother and his best friend. <laughs> okay, so it does it stands the reason that he would wake up with some sort of a reaction upon seeing Goku. But it doesn't take long from the snap out of it. He attacks him. Boma kind of slaps him in the head, which is kind of funny and says, hey, what's going on? Uh, they do. Once again, we've got peel off and crew on the sideline everybody's kind of spectating and watching um I'm, I'm i'm more convinced now that the reason why peel off and crew are being included in all of this is because we need that sort of um we need those characters who kind of take the place of the audience here <laughs> because a lot of their a lot of things they're saying would be from the perspective of someone in the audience who probably hasn't watched the show until see we have to remember that like a lot of people haven't watched Dragon Ball in 20 years, right? There were people that watched that show when it originally aired in Japan in the 80s and then didn't see anything for 20 years. You know, it's not like us, right? Me, I came along much later. I started watching Dragon Ball in the 2000s. By that point, 
everything was online. <laughs> you know, there was all sorts of stories. Like you could read everything you possibly could want to possibly know about the show. Um, and I'm a man, I'm a massive fan. So I did that. But a lot of general fans need reminders, right? They need to be like, okay, let's through peel off and cruise eyes. There will kind of be the stand-ins from the audience members who maybe haven't seen Dragon Ball in a long time. Right. So they just kind of they're reminding us of things by through those characters, because you have to have those characters there who are questioning things and says, hey, wait a second. Who's this guy? Oh, it's confirmed. It's the same guy. And then by that, by doing that, they're also reminding those viewers who may have forgotten as well. I mean, that's the way I kind of look at it. I kind of see them as being these exposition sort of a plot, you know, like these devices being used to remind audiences of things they may have forgotten especially in this episode and hell even Beerus and Whis are kind of being reduced to that <laughs> during this arc uh, because they're kind of doing the same thing you just have those characters on the sideline that's kind of spectating and just watching from an outside perspective because you need I guess you need those characters to be on the side to kind of question everything that's that's going on uh, so I mean a lot of that stuff we already know obviously we already know who Future Trunks is and all that kind of stuff um and of course, you know, the, the dots are connected here and it isn't very long before everyone realizes that this is the same trunks, just an older version of trunks. Now, where the big problem comes in at is hell is the fact that they, they don't have the same hair color. So it makes even it makes it even more strange when they have this scene where they realize they have the realization that those two are the same character and they even have the nerve to kind of put them side to side on the screen. And I'm just like, OK, we get it but they don't have the same hair color. <laughs> so I just, I don't understand. I, I mean, it, if anything, it would have made much more sense in this situation to make them look exactly the same since that's the whole point of this, but that's fine. Maybe they're just saying that, hey, Trunks' hair color will change when he gets older. You know, maybe that's just a thing that happens with kids sometimes. You know, sometimes they'll start off like they'll be born and be a kid and their hair be like super blonde and then later on it'll just turn dark. I don't know. But what I do like here is that there is a moment where Trunks kind of has a very brief interaction with uh, present day Mai that kind of reminds him of the Mai from his time. So that was very cool. The way they said, okay, you know, they didn't just let them show up in the exact same place and him not acknowledge that. One really good thing, I mean, they've done that. They did that really, several really good times. Uh, in this episode it's stuff like that where they made these little sort of connections that i appreciated uh now and then it's it's pretty much revealed you know little trunks now knows this is the same this is a grown-up version of him so we got that out the way now the next thing and i was i was just talking about this is another little thing that i actually like is that they couldn't just sort of glaze over the time travel aspect of this with weiss and beerus there right because this is something that they've talked about before this is the thing that Weiss has talked about before about how manipulating time is not uh, okay. That it's a serious offense. Uh, and if Jaco was there, I'm sure he would say something about it too. Um, so I like the fact that they made that connection there. It's like, wait a second, Boma, you made a time machine and your son came back from the future in that time machine? You know it's against the rules to manipulate time, right? And she's saying, well, I haven't done it yet. But you know, it's Weiss and Beerus, so they kind of have to talk about it. Now, what I thought was kind of strange about this conversation. Well, I mean, I liked it, but I thought it was a little bit weird. 
is that, you know, we all kind of know this. We have a general, most of us who are fans of science fiction and have seen tons of movies and TV shows that involve time travel, we already get sort of an idea of how it works, right? But of course, you know, we had, the, I should say, the consequences of time travel. So Weiss kind of has this short little moment where we see sort of like this little um, infogram sort of <laughs> description thing of how essentially the butterfly effect would work is that with time travel, if you go back and mess with one little thing, uh, it could it could cause something incredibly ca uh, catastrophic to happen in the future. Here's my sort of nitpick with this, and you guys can let me know what you think about this. Send me an email at rockydragonpodcast at gmail.com. Time travel is always a tough, tough sell for me because there's so many little things that can go wrong, be misunderstood and all that sort of thing. OK, but two main concepts have been really explored in terms of time travel. One, and which is the one that I think has been most prominent in Dragon Ball, is that uh, you can go back in time and you change something and that just creates a new timeline. Right. It doesn't. The changes that you make don't affect the future that you left it just changes the future of that new timeline which is basically what happened with future trunks right he went back in time uh to to give goku the heart virus but that didn't bring back goku in his world when he went home goku was still dead the androids were still alive cell was still alive he was able to kill the androids and cell because of how strong he became when he was in the past but what he did in the past in terms of saving Goku and all of that had no effect on his his timeline. So that's one of the angles of time travel. And the other one is the more so butterfly effect sort of theory where you go back in time and you change something and it instantly changes your future. So then if you go back to your future, things are different all of a sudden. Dragon Ball has has been it's been the is the former of those, right? I mean, they've kind of established that. So it's a little bit weird to me that Weiss is explaining this butterfly effect theory to them when it's sort of been established already in this universe that that's not how time travel is affected, uh, how the world is affected in, in, in their world when time travel is used. So I thought that that was interesting. I was like, well, he's explaining it in a way that makes sense in terms of, you know, the sort of general uh, idea of, of time travel and science fiction. But that's not really the the path that they've taken uh, on this show. You know, they've already established the fact that if they change something in the past, that just essentially just creates a different timeline. Whew, that was a lot of really nerdy shit I just said. But hey, <laughs> I hope you guys followed that. But I just thought it was kind of weird that he was using that explanation when that's not the one that's necessarily applying to them. Okay, now we can't forget about Goku Black, right? So we do jump back. But I will say this. I don't think it's necessarily I don't think he's explaining that for no reason this it's probably going to a play a, a factor in this upcoming arc and this current arc that's probably why he did it so now they're probably going to use that time travel perspective more so in this Goku black stuff so speaking of him we see him and he's kind of going through the process of trying to figure out what happened to trunks you know and we find out that he has this thing called a time ring which essentially is just seems to be opening up some sort of a portal, which I got to say, it's incredibly convenient that he has a time ring. <laughs> well, that, I mean, lucky him, right? Because exactly what Trunks did is he went through time. Uh, but we'll get we'll get back to that in a minute. 
So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you can kind of assume that once he once you realize he has a time ring, that's how he's going to get to the past. Right. OK, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, so this is where we kind of jump back and we get the whole explanation from Weiss and all that kind of stuff about time travel and et cetera. Now, <laughs> this is sort of a side nitpick, and I don't know if anyone else kind of caught this as well, but um, Capsule Corp is, is mentioned several times by name in this episode, and it is, and they pronounce it as Capsule Core, and that's just something that kind of bugged me, <laughs> because I was fairly certain this entire time that it was Capsule Corp. I mean, Corp is a word that is a that is an abbreviation of the word corporation, so I've always felt that it should be pronounced corp now core is also a word c-o-r-p-s you know like the army corps of engineers but that's a completely different thing corp is an abbreviation of the word corporation so it should be pronounced corp <laughs> but for some reason they, they pronounce it core more than once in this episode and i'm just like am i'm just losing my fucking mind i don't know what do you guys think about that side nitpick anyway okay so we go back and yeah, and we get some interaction here between Trunks and Beerus and Weiss and, you know, my mind tends to, to, to go in places where it probably shouldn't a lot of times when I'm, when I'm watching this show, because I know it'll probably just introduce plot holes, but I start questioning myself, especially because I thought it was, I thought it was very cool that they addressed Majin Buu, right? Um, Vegeta is talking about, hey. Uh, who's this new threat in the in the future? Is it Majin Buu? I that, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Like that's something I completely forgot about. So I love the fact that they brought that up because it stands to reason that Majin Buu would have still been a threat even in Trunks' timeline, right? Because the androids were there, Cell still was still there. Nothing else really changed in terms of all of that. And Majin Buu and Bobbity had nothing to do with any of that Cell stuff. So it stands to reason that they would have still, he would have still come. And he did. Well, they tried to, but Trunks pretty much says, hey, I took care of it. He defeated both Bobbity and Deborah before they even had a chance to free Majin Buu. Which, man, it must have taken a lot of power to do that. But he, he we don't get a, a deep explanation of how, but he says that Supreme Kai warned him and helped him. So I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it's like it's probably best that we don't go too deep into it because it'll probably just bring even more questions. But I thought it was very cool that they did that and said, hey, you know, we didn't forget about that. For those of you who are saying, well, what happened to Majin Buu? He should have still came out. The, you know, Deborah still should have showed up and Bobby should have still showed up. But and they did. It just it happened in a very different way because there was no tournament. There would have been no world tournament for them to send Spopovich and, and the other dude, Yamu, to fight. And, and there was no Gohan's energy to steal. So they never got a chance to do any of that. That means they would have had Trunks would have been the only person they could go to to get to get power from <laughs> in, that, in that future timeline. Uh, so they probably went directly to him and he, he was strong enough to beat him. So that ne it never escalated to that point. But I thought it was very cool. But it, it got me to think and I said, OK, well, if Majin Buu still happens in that timeline, then shouldn't Beerus and we still exist? in that timeline because that's something else that happened later on remember Beerus just woke up and apparently since they sort of retconned the entire backstory of the series Beerus was there the entire time throughout all of that sort of kind of you know behind the scenes but of course he was also asleep 
for a very long time too. So it stands to reason that he would have also woken up at some point, even in future Trunks' timeline. But then I realized, hey, there's no reason for Beerus to come to Earth though in Trunks' timeline because there is no Super Saiyan God, right? The whole reason Beerus came to Earth to begin with was to find the Super Saiyan God. He had a premonition and that was Goku. Goku's dead in Future Trunks' timeline. Vegeta's dead. Every 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 full-blooded Saiyan is dead. Even I mean, the Trunks is the only Saiyan alive at this point, so there is no way to even make a Super Saiyan God because you need what the blood of five Saiyans. Uh, so it stands to reason that Beerus and Whis do exist in Trunks' timeline. They just know there's no reason for them to come to Earth because a Super Saiyan God uh, premonition would have never happened. Um, and that was just me. That was just me thinking about it. That was me literally asking a question and then answering it myself <laughs> while watching the episode. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to come on here and tell you guys about that. Okay. But I do like the interaction that they kind of have here because obviously he hasn't really interacted with these guys before. So we can't just pretend like he would show up and be completely oblivious to them being there. So we do get some interaction with him just kind of mistaking Whis as the god and, and etc. <laughs> But just so they can sort of kind of quickly wrap up this whole thing about Beerus and Whis being upset at Trunks from uh, Bulma for manipulating time, you know, they said, hey, give us something really, really good to eat that we haven't tasted before and we'll kind of forget about it. So it sort of injects a little bit of more humor in the episode uh, while just kind of closing off that being a potential problem. Now, we do get to see Krillin and Piccolo during this episode. Um, it doesn't really lead to anything, but... <laughs> But at least we get to see them, I guess. Uh, and, and Goten and Chi Chi show up also. So it, it's kind of it's cool to just sort of get these characters uh, that we don't see much sort of roped back into this thing to some extent. So I appreciate that. Uh, don't know where Gohan is at this point. We can only assume he's at home with his daughter <laughs> and his wife. Uh, can't wait to see him again, though, because that's something else to consider when future trunks sees adult gohan right because the last time he saw gohan gohan was a kid so you know it'd be interesting to see what kind of flashbacks he'll have when he sees a grown-up gohan because that is the version that he was the most used to when he was a kid since that's the one that taught him so i'm looking forward to a reunion of that gosh and i really i kind of glossed over this and i wanted to but i wanted to mention this earlier earlier when trunks woke up and he attacked goku he did mention the fact oh goku it's really you but i thought you know you were dead because of cell once again i said that there are these little things they do in the episode that are really really good that make connections that we also probably wouldn't have even thought about and that's one of that was one of them too because we have to remember that the last time future trunks saw goku he had sacrificed himself to cell and there's no way he would have known that goku came back and all of that kind of stuff because he wasn't around for any of that. So I like the fact that they did that. This is good writing, really good writing. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy to think about how you can you can almost pinpoint the exact shift where the writing got better <laughs> on this show. Um, so I like that. And then on top of that, you know, there's there's this talk. You know, obviously Boma is kind of racking her brain to figure out exactly what she would need to do in order to get either Trunks back home. Or get Goku and Trunks to the future, etc. So she's messing around with the spaceship. And she finds this manual that her future self left in there. That kind of explains a lot and breaks a lot of stuff down. 
Now, they kind of tie, and this is something I had completely forgotten about, right? I mean, and I pointed it out myself, but when I was throwing out possible theories of how Trunks could get back to his time, I didn't even think about the fact that Bulma has already started working on that fuel in the present day. <laughs> so it ties back around. So that fuel that she was working on, she doesn't know it right now, but that is going to play a part in getting Trunks back home or, or whatever. And... It may take Trunks being the one to actually see it and be like, wow, this is the substance right here. Boma may have been working on that for something completely different. But then it turns out that that is what's need, you know, that is what is needed to be to power the, the time machine. So a lot of sort of connections here. You see how deep this is getting? <laughs> These conversations are never this deep about Dragon Ball. But now they, they've got me thinking here. So now my, my, my discussions and reviews are getting a lot more. There's a lot more threads here. And I'm sure you can notice. Now, we do get um, a little bit of a backstory on Goku Black. I mean, obviously, like, it, it makes sense that we don't get a ton here because Trunks himself doesn't even know exactly what Goku Black is. So, you know, he kind of gives a brief description of what happened. Uh, you know, he defeated uh, Dabura and Babidi, and then soon after that, Goku Black just kind of surfaced and just fr from the skies just announced that he was going to destroy everybody. Um, so, and, and, and that's basically what he's been doing this entire time. Now, everyone is in shock, obviously, because they're thinking, whoa, wait a minute, there's a, there's another, and Goku's like, there's a guy who looks just like me and thinks that he's me in the future who's destroying people. And Vegeta's saying, there's a guy just like Kakarot. Um, so, you know, obviously they're, they're pretty shocked and, you know, Trunks pretty much gives them a description and says, yeah, he looks exactly like you, except he just wears dark clothing. So we call him Goku Black. <laughs> and Goku says, well, that's kind of cool. It, it really is. I'm not going to lie. That is like a really good name for a character. Goku Black. Like, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about this character. Um, and still get, like, you know, through a, a very cool name. Now, Bulma thinks it's kind of lame until Trunks tells her, hey, mom, you were the one who came up with that name to begin with. <laughs> but I, I, I thought that exchange, that was pretty nice. But yeah, so um, when, when, you know, speaking of the moment where, where Goku, you know, Black showed up in the skies and Trunks' world and said that he was going to just exterminate everybody and he was doing it in the name of justice. I thought that that was, there's something very particular about uh, the, the, the way he worded that, right? In the name of justice. So that, I mean, that, that I don't think it's a coincidence that they phrase it that way. It obviously kind of says something about Goku Black and whatever his mission is. He feels like he's doing what he's supposed to do. And that maybe that that's uh, somehow the retribution for something that the human race had did or that it, in his opinion was guilty of or something of that nature. I don't know. But I don't think anything is a coincidence when he, you know, the, in terms of the words that he uses. Once again, the fact that he constantly refers to Trunks as a Saiyan probably means something. Uh, and he just decides to show up out of nowhere and, just, and, and kill humans instead of just destroying the entire planet. You know, that may mean something, too. Um, so I don't know. And then and Trunks also mentions the fact that he says he's other he's destroyed other. Uh, I'm not sure if it was species or planets or but it's it gives you an idea, sort of a scope of the power of Goku Black. Obviously, he's more than just, you know, a, a typical sort of villain here. I mean, the fact that he travels through time in this episode with the use of this ring uh, obviously means something as well because we kind of already talked about the possibility of him being some sort of a Kai or tied into the Kai somehow because of that earring that he has um, 
So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're dealing with something that's much greater than anything they fought before because, I mean, none of the, as strong as these other villains may have been and as overpowered as Majin Buu was, in my opinion, uh, he couldn't do stuff like this, you know? I mean, he couldn't just, like, travel throughout time and just kind of, like, you know, planet hop. It would have been very difficult for him to do that. Now, as a result of this story, before Trunks even gets a chance to finish it, Vegeta kind of jumps in and says, you just turned tail and ran here? I mean, I could see why he would react that way. And honestly, I really like it because this is, he's being Vegeta again, the Vegeta that we knew and loved from Dragon Ball Z, because that's exactly how I would have reacted. You know, he's saying, my son turned and ran and fled. But then he realizes, oh no, he didn't, he didn't run. He came back in time because he needed help. I mean, just like he did before. He came back before because he needed help. He wanted to save Goku's life and, and possibly save the future of, of that world. And he did by, by, by doing that. Um, but a lot of this is kind of tying into future Bomber and present Bomber and, and, and her kind of having a realization that, uh, you know, her future self is counting on her present self or past self, I guess, uh, to come with a solution to this and and their solution right now at this point is to go back to the future um with either goku or vegeta you know um to help them defeat goku black and that's and i mean at the at the time that seems like it makes the most amount of sense uh but then of course that's short-lived because goku black arrives in the present <laughs> And uh, it does seem a little fast. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I got a message from Stephen about it. Uh, he was just kind of saying, "Hey, this seems a little bit rushed, right?" And I said, "Yeah, it does kind of seem a little fast that Goku Black would have just showed up at the end of this episode and already getting into the the heat of things." But I don't think uh, that's necessarily going to is is going to play out like that. Um, but I kind of, you know, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit now before 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 we get to that goku wants to test his strength right he, he wants to get an idea of how strong goku black is so he tells trunks hey fight me so we can get an idea of how, how strong this guy is and so i mean that was pretty cool right because we never really got to see these two fight i mean now uh, the last time is it's kind of reminiscent in a way though of the first time future trunks showed up where he was testing his power you know, Trunks wanted to test Goku to, to see if he was as strong as everyone said he was. So he just kind of, you know, goes Super Saiyan, tries to slice him up. And Goku just like pretty much blocks all of his attacks with one finger. So it's kind of a call back to that. Even this time now, they have to do it again. But this time it's Goku's idea <laughs> to test the power. So that's another cool thing that's in there. So what they do is they kind of fly up into the sky and power up. They go directly to Super Saiyan 2, which is always nice. You know, it's nice to, to not see everyone just go directly to Super Saiyan Blue um, all of a sudden. So they power up. There's too much power going around. Uh, it's starting to wipe out everything, which I, at fir the first time I watched it, I was like, well, that's weird. So what? This happens all the time. Why is it a big deal now? We've seen people fight on much higher levels than Super Saiyan 2 <laughs> and no one acted like this. Well, the difference is, is that now they're in the city, right? They're pretty much they're in the heart of the city, right above Capsule Corp. And yeah, I'm still going to call it Corp. Uh, but apparently, Boma has this device that she's been working on, and she just—they don't—we don't really get an explanation of what it does. She just kind of unleashes it. It somehow contains their power so that they can fight at their fullest extent and not really destroy anything around them. So, hey, I guess we don't really get an explanation of how it works. Just know that it works. 
So, but basically what we learn from this fight is that Trunks realizes that, you know, he's not strong enough to even beat Goku at Super Saiyan level two. So that gives him an idea of how strong Goku Black is. And he's saying, you know, I think he's even stronger than this. And then Goku goes to level three, which is always nice to see. I mean, you know, it's not our favorite transformation, but I've always liked it from a character design perspective. And it's always nice to see it. I love when the show finds a way to bring back these old transformations even if it's just for nostalgic purposes but if they find a really good way to tie it into the story and and have a good reason for it like they did this time then i i like it and basically he just blocks his sword attack and says hey you know that's it so he if he he knows that if, if future trunks can't stand a chance at him at level three then uh, you know goku black is at least that strong he knows that he may not know beyond that how much stronger, but he knows he's at least that strong. So uh, it was pretty cool. You know, it was nice to just see him kind of transform. And we have a brief moment where they just kind of talk about it and, and things like that. And of course, Goku gets super excited at the idea of having a version of himself that uh, <laughs> that is way stronger than his current version, which right now we don't know that for a fact, because Trunks doesn't even know this. Yeah, go, he doesn't know anything about Super Saiyan God. So when he makes that comment about him being stronger than Goku, well, that's just based on a Super Saiyan 3, you know? But I'm sure Goku Black will be stronger or smarter or something because otherwise he wouldn't be a threat. And this is where we get to the point where, where he essentially just kind of shows up. Now, I think what would be interesting here is to see how Beerus and Whis handle this because I, I don't know if we're still supposed to be on the impression here that Beerus is the strongest of everyone, you know, or Whis or whoever. Um, but I think it stands the reason he probably won't interfere in this fight because he just, he's a destroyer guy, so he may not want to do that. But it's interesting that he's there. So Goku Black shows up. We get a moment where he and Goku actually, you know, meet eyes and sort of identify one another. And he's kind of standing there looking badass in the sky. <laughs> okay. So here's where I want to kind of talk about my theory on Goku Black. And this is something that I, Obviously, I don't watch Japanese dub. I have no freaking clue whatsoever if any of this is accurate. This is just based on what I've seen so far from these two or three episodes on what has been said. Because once again, I think it's important to sort of listen to Goku Black's uh, choice of words, uh, the way he looks, and most importantly, his abilities, right? These abilities that he has are obviously beyond anything any, any of these regular mortals would have access to. Like the fact that he has a time ring, okay? Um, Whis himself mentions this episode that not even all of the deities have the ability to manipulate time. You know, like, I don't think that's something that Beerus can do. And Whis can do it, but he can only bring, he can turn it back like five minutes. Other than that, we don't really know what the extent of it is. So that's a big indica indicator in itself that, you know, he is probably a deity or a god of some sort just based on his powers, right? The fact that he can just go through time automatically like that. Another thing that lends to the the, the, the theory that he could be a god is, is the way he showed up when Trunks described his arrival, saying that I'm here to exterminate the, the, the human race uh, in the name of justice. That sounds like a god, right? That, it almost sounds like a destroyer god, <laughs> to be more specifically. It sounds like, you know, Beerus, it sounds like, you know, he, he's only there doing this because he is his duty or he feels like he's supposed to. Once again, you know, weird theories. 
And then the fact that he hasn't one earring in his ear sort of lends to the idea of some sort of a fusion of some sort. So I'm just thinking, what if he's somehow a Super Saiyan God version of Goku that succumbed to darkness or, you know, or he just realizes that as along with being a guy comes responsibilities and then and, and one of those responsibilities is getting rid of uh you know race <laughs> an entire species if necessary you know something along that those lines so what if he's just like a destroyer god version of goku now he couldn't be from trunks's timeline necessarily because goku was dead but there's no reason to think that he is from trunks's timeline because he has a ring that allows him to travel through time so he could be from an alternate timeline, another timeline that somehow, you know, branched off through this, through some little thing that happened in the past that maybe we don't know about yet. And then that might have sprouted another timeline where Goku became Super Saiyan God, but was sort of an evil version of it or destroyer God or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> These are just random theories I'm throwing out. And honestly, I don't even want to know if I'm right or wrong because that would be a spoiler. But I just figured I'd share that with you guys because that was something I was kind of thinking about as I was watching the episode, that it, it could be something along those lines. I don't know. Anyway, what are your thoughts? What are you saying? See me in email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, make sure you let me know for episode 50. Uh, questions, comments, etc. cetera. Uh, if there's anything else you want me to talk about, it doesn't have to be necessarily related to Dragon Ball because this will be episode 50, so it's sort of a special episode. So whatever you want me to talk about, let me know. Send me emails, leave me comments, send me a message. Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast. Make sure you like that page. If you missed it, make sure you like the page and go back and watch the video I did for the unboxing of Dragon Ball Fighters. I have not played the game much since I've gotten it. I've just been super busy. All I've done so far is practice. <laughs> Every time I turn on the game, I just practice. I haven't played the story mode. I haven't played arcade mode. I haven't fought online, any of that. All I've been doing is fight tutorials, practicing, uh, going through and, and, and doing the combos for every character, trying to see which ones are the best fit for me. Yeah, I decided that, you know, this is a game that I want to try to get really good at. And uh, I did that with, with Street Fighters, Street Fighter 4s, Street Fighter 5. Uh, I've gotten pretty good at those games, but it was always sort of, I, I would sort of reach a peak and I would just stop, right? I'm trying to approach Dragon Ball Fighters in a different way. Optimistically, I'd like to compete at it <laughs> someday. So I'm really doing a lot of practicing and stuff like that. So I can be one of those annoying people who just like whoops everyone's asses. So I'm trying to do that. But um, if you've been playing the game, let me know your thoughts about it. Obviously, send me an email, etc. Um, that about does it, guys. Nice extended episode for you. I know episode 48 was pretty short. So this time you got a couple little extra things in there to kind of keep your, you know, uh, keep you moving and keep your time flowing for you. So uh, I'm going to be out of town all next week. I hope you guys have a great, safe week and uh, all that kind of stuff and a great uh, holiday and etc. <laughs> Whatever holiday may fall in that. I'm, I'm in Louisiana, so here we have Mardi Gras and we have like all kinds of stuff. Okay, so if you have anything close to that, be safe, celebrate it. Have fun. Make sure you leave me a review on iTunes. Okay, so until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Breezewater, and I will see you guys next time for episode 50.